Takeoff, man. We're having a blast. Snow was everywhere. A lot of snow. A lot of snow was all over the place. And uh, we just had a blast on that, on that snowmobile on Friday. But that's all I can remember. That's all I can remember until Sunday. Late morning, early afternoon. That's all that I can remember. Because you see, I got this, this bug. I got this bug. I mean, man, I was so sick. It was like flowing river from both ends of me. I mean, it was horrible. I was really, really sick. I was really sick. And I really don't remember anything. I don't remember anything from that Friday evening, night, with what we were doing until about noon or so. I don't know what time it was on Sunday, but I was awakened to Regan um, putting like a washcloth towel over my head. And he looked at me and he goes, you all right? I mean, are you okay, man? You're pretty sick. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I didn't understand. Why would Regan be at my house right now? I didn't understand any of that. And all of a sudden, my mother spoke up. And my mother began to tell me what had taken place. She said to me, she says, I want you to know that, that uh, Regan wouldn't leave. He wouldn't go home. He wanted to be around you. He wanted to be here. He wanted to be with you. <laughs> and I'm thinking of my mother, I'm thinking, that's really, that's really weird. He wanted to stay through all the puke and all the poop. I mean, really? <laughs> am I supposed to say poop when I'm preaching? I, I don't know if I am or not. I think I can because it's in the Bible, okay? So for, if you're offended, I don't mean to offend you, but take, take, move forward. Don't worry about it. But anyhow, um, you mean he wanted to stay through all of that with me? And mom said he wouldn't. He wouldn't go back home. He wanted to be here. And she said he was amazing. He was just amazing. And honestly, honestly, I couldn't believe that he did that. Like, what a good friend I have that I didn't know that we were that close of friends, that, that he would care that much. At 16 years old, I had found a friend, a great friend, that I can still remember nearly 50 years later. I can remember details. I can see some of the things that we did that night and all that stuff. I can see some of that. So that's one level of friendship. That's one level of friendship. And of course, I had a bunch of other friends in life too. My growing, growing up years, I had a bunch of other friends too. Uh, friendships and these were my buddies, what I considered to be my buddies. And, and I, I don't think any of them ever really cared about whatever I was going through. I mean, I don't remember just buddies coming up and say, so tell me what's going on right now in your heart. I mean, they wouldn't do that. They never did that. And so uh, whatever my issues, whatever my needs were, they offered me no help. I mean, there was no help. And that's another level of friendship. There's the Regan friendship, and then there's my other buddies' friendship. Let me ask you a practical question if I can. Which story is the deeper level of friendship? Could you tell me the first one or the second one? Number one? Because I would say that that was the deeper level of relationship. Another practical question I want to ask you is this. Listen to me. Does God want a level of friendship that he would have to ask us to do something? And we'll do it. But really, we never think about it until he asks us. That's one level of relationship with God. Or, or would God rather have a level of friendship that we would think about his desire, his needs. And because we know him and because we're so close to him, we just do it. Whatever it is that God would want me to do, want us to do, we just do it without even being asked because we have a deep relationship with him. So of those two relationships, which one do you think it would be? I think it would be number two, don't you? Yes, I think it would be number two as well. What qualifies us to speak to God, the Bible says, is that we need to be sheep and we need to be a friend. 
God is looking for us to be sheep and he's looking for us to be a friend. In James chapter, in James chapter 2, it says in verse 23, it says this. It says that this is what the scriptures mean by saying Abraham had faith in God and God accepted him. That's how Abraham became God's friend. The way Abraham became God's friend was he had faith in God and he was in relationship with God. And that qualified him to be a friend of God. There's a lot of qualifications, and it's really easy to be a friend of God, but this is part of it. So I'm talking about, listen to this, listen to this. This blows my mind. This is incredible. I'm talking about the creator and the created. I'm talking about God himself, the supernatural God and a natural man. I'm talking about God himself, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, And a mere man, just a mere man. You need to know that from the very beginning, yes, even from creation all the way through to year 2018 on our planet, it's always been God who has taken the initiative. It's always been God taking the initiative and moving toward us, making a way for us, reaching and winning us. That's the way God has been operating since the beginning of time with humankind. What we're talking about in this series is hearing God. I want you to learn how to hear God. I want you to hear God speak to you because he is speaking to you. And he wants to continue to speak to you. And he wants you to respond to him. We're talking about hearing God. That God wants us to, communi- God wants to communicate to us and through us personally. Listen to the emphasis of this point. Hearing God. It's our connecting God. He's already connected with us, but it's our connecting with God. It's our hearing God's voice. It's our decision that we're going to follow Jesus, that we're going to follow God. And it's all about relationship, our relationship with God. Yes, God wants to get to know you better, but really he knows you pretty well. He knows you really good. But the most important, I say it again, the most important, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. Go with me to John chapter 15, verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. He says these words. He says to his disciples, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. I have called you friends for all things that I, that I heard from my father I have made known to you. He says, I call you friends. This is an amazing, amazing verse in the scriptures in light of the fact the creator and the created. In light of the fact uh, uh, the supernatural side of God and just the natural side of a man, God himself. It's just incredible for me to think that this is the way it is. Listen, God's love, God's compassion, God's grace is over the top for you. It's over the top for you. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what it is, I want you to know that God's love, God's compassion, God's grace is over the top for you. It's over the top, and I'm not kidding with you either. This is John chapter 15, John chapter 15. In a matter of less than 24 hours, Jesus will be dead. He will die on a cross. It's just about over for him. These are Jesus' final words as he's speaking. Jesus is literally just moments, what would seem like moments from the death on the cross. And he's assuring his disciples, they're his friends. 
He knows where he's going. He knows what's going to be happening. They don't at this moment. And he says to them, I want to assure you that you're my friends. We have a relationship and you are not slaves because a slave has no relationship with their owner, has none, no relationship. He says, but you're my friends. I love how it says it in the, in the New Living Translation, in the same verse, John 15, 15. Jesus says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. No, you are my friends. You are my friends since I have told you everything that the Father has told me. Jesus is saying, I'm proving to you that you are my friends. That while I was on the earth, I told you everything. I've told you everything that I need to tell you. Jesus goes on, he says, I've come that you might have a right relationship with the, with the Father. And part of that relationship is communication. Communication. Talking with one another. I want you to know that, he says. And the other part of that relationship is friendship. It's not just communicating, but it's communicating and friendship. You see, God's love and compassion, God's love and passion and grace is over the top for you and for me. I want to tell you this morning three things of being a friend of God. Three things of being a friend with God. Number one, God doesn't speak to computers. Number one, God doesn't speak to computers. I know you're thinking, what the heck is he talking about? And I'll explain it in just a moment. Be patient. My Lord, stop yelling at me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Maybe what I should say is that God, God doesn't speak to robots. Maybe that would make a little bit more sense. Here's what I mean. God did not create us as robots. We are not robots. In fact, in Genesis 1.26, it says this, Then God said, then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. What God created was a person. God created us as a person. And we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Every human being on the planet has a body, soul, and a spirit. We have a mind. We have a will. We have emotions. We have a heart. And God wants to communicate with us and to us personally. Personally, every one of us. We are his people. We are God's people. Basically, humankind communicates two ways on planet Earth. Basically, there are two ways we communicate. Number one, we communicate mechanically. In other words, we talk to machines. And the other way that we communicate, we communicate to people personally. So there is mechanically and then there is personally how we communicate. Well, let me change that. We communicate to people and pets personally. Our kitty cats, our dogs, whatever they may be, we communicate personally. So you're probably sitting there thinking, you know what, I don't, I don't communicate mechanically. It's sort of a hard thing to say, number one, but I, I, we, I don't communicate, I don't communicate to, to uh, machines, any type of machines, and I'm here to tell you I beg to argue with you a little bit about that. I think you do. Um, you talk to your computer. This little thing up here, this is a machine. And you and I end up talking to our computers or our smartphone. My, my phone is right here. Just in case anybody wants me, I'll stop the sermon and talk to them on the phone. But anyhow, we talk to our computers. How many times have you said to your computer, you're talking to it, why are you so slow today? What's wrong with you? Or with our phones. I don't know what you say to your phone, but here's what I say to my phone. I hate texting because all of a sudden that, that spell check comes up and it never says what I really wanted to say and it makes me look like a fool. Don't tell me you don't talk 
to your, uh, to, uh, what was it, the, the mechanically. You, you do do that. In fact, let me also say this. You communicate even with your car. Yes, you do. What you want that car to do, you make it happen. If you want it to go faster, you press on the accelerator. If you want it to go slower or stop, you will press on the brake. Of course, you're talking to the car. You're, you're making it happen. That's being, uh, that's uh, communicating mechanically. Uh, also, you would communicate with your car. Uh, uh, for example, if you want to go out for a hot fudge, hot fudge Sunday this evening, there's some really good places for ice cream here in central New York. I'm telling you right now. But if you want to go out for a hot fudge Sunday a little bit later today, you're going to communicate to your car at 6.30, 7 o'clock, whatever time you're going to go, and you're going to say, take me to the ice cream store. I want a hot fudge Sunday right now. I mean, you won't say that like that, but that's the mission. That's what you want the car to do for you. And I would also say to you, probably most of us in this room have this thing that's called a GPS in our car. Therefore, now, nowadays, cars even speak to us. <clears throat> they even speak to us. Um, I purposely, I purposely uh, miss turns just to get that lady that's in the car with me a little bit upset. And I'm not talking about Marianne. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about the GPS lady. That lady, that particular lady. Uh, I purposely will miss turns just to get her riled up a little bit. Sometimes you need to know, she's just not a nice lady. I, I don't know if you have a guy, but we have, we've always had ladies who are talking to us in our car. It's sort of like this. The first two or three missed turns, she will say, um, recalculating. And so, so what? I'm going to miss another turn. And as I'm driving along, uh, after five or six or seven missed turns, uh, uh, you can hear her voice saying, recalculating after five, six, seven times of doing that. And I could swear to you that I thought I heard her say the other day, oh, come on, recalculating again. <laughs> Maybe she didn't say that, but I love getting her all jazzed up with that kind of thing. Listen, listen, we are not machines or computers. God did not make us to be robots. No, God created us to be people, human beings. And God communicates personally, personally to people. In Genesis chapter 18, this is great right here. Genesis chapter 18 is probably uh, one of the, one of the uh, uh, best and one of the longest conversations in all of the Bible between God and a man. And the man that he's talking to is a guy by the name of Abraham. He's our father of faith, Abraham. And it's a little bit funny, I think, as well, how God and him are communicating with one another. Genesis chapter 18 uh, in Genesis chapter 18, God is about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their great sin that has taken place. And, and God is talking to uh, Abraham about all of this. He's, he's talking to Abraham, getting input and letting him know what's going, to be, what's going to be taking place. Now listen, just so you know, God developed his relationship with Abraham in many different ways. If you were to read a little bit of the history, you'll find it out in the scriptures. Uh, sometimes he spoke to Abraham. Sometimes he appeared to Abraham. Sometimes he communicated his will through a vision that he would give to Abraham. Why would he do that? Well, because God wanted the man who would be the father of our faith, who would be uh, the father of his chosen generation, God wanted him to be someone who would love and trust and obey him, who would obey God, and to be a faithful example, example to all generations, all generations that would ever follow after Abraham. And yes, even this generation right here. What Abraham has said, what Abraham has done, his faith, his trust in God should be an example to us, should be something that would be speaking into our lives 
as well. Listen, God will do whatever it takes to show us his will for our lives. Why? Why? Because our intimacy with him is God's highest priority for our lives. Our intimacy with him. Please, man, I just sense it as I said those words. Those words just shoot over the top of your head. You're not even listening anymore. Let me say it one more time. Our intimacy with God, our intimacy with him is God's highest priority for our lives. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your father. He wants to deal with everything in your life to help you, to bless you, to meet every need. He wants to do that for us. Would you give the Lord a round of applause because he's such a good God? Listen, my friend, God has a plan for your life as he had a plan for Abraham right here and others throughout the scriptures that maybe you may know about. And if you would be new here at Word of Life today, and you're not too sure about God, and you're not too sure about the church, uh, I, wanna, I just want to tell you this quickly as I'm getting through this message. And that is, number one, uh, we want you here at Word of Life, we want you to know God. We want you to know God, to really know God for who He really is. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. Freedom from whatever your past, whatever, whatever that chain and ball that you're walking around with right now of your past, poor mistakes, decisions, whatever thing. We want you to be free of all of that. Thirdly, we want you to discover your purpose. My friend, whether you know it or not, the scriptures are clear. God has a plan for your life. You're not here on this planet by accident at this particular time of history in this particular place. God has a plan for your life and you need to be able to discover your purpose and lastly, that you would make a difference. Man, that you would make a difference. Every person in the Bible, every believer throughout all of human history, if they were going to make a difference in their sphere of influence, they would have to know God if they're going to make a difference. They're going to have to, they would have to find freedom of their past. They would have to discover the calling and the gifts that God has given them. And fourthly, that they would go out and make a difference. And when that happens, it changes everything. When believers start to do that. So I encourage you. Should you be new, maybe not even believe in God yet, maybe not even believe that the Bible is God's word, we want you to know God. And we will do our best to help introduce him to you, and we promise that. Let's go back to um, Genesis chapter 18, if you would. Genesis chapter 18. We're going to begin reading some of this scripture of this real cool, rather long conversation that God had. It's recorded in the Bible. It's not long for us, but it's rather long if we were to really dig, dig into this. Genesis 18, beginning at verse 17. And it says this, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and a mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. Verse 19, For I have known him. Stop there. For I have known him. For I have known him. That word known there in the scripture is talking about, of course, is talking about um, communication, to be able to communicate. And what is being said here specifically is that God spoke intimately, personally, to Abraham. There was something special about that. So let's pick up that verse 19 again and go to the next, the next slide, which is uh, verses uh, 19 through 21. And he goes on to say, For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they would keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Verse 20. And the Lord said, because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down and I will see, this is God speaking, I will go down and I will see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, if not, I will know. Well, 
obviously in this particular verse, Abraham is there right now physically and he knows. He knows it's really bad. He knows that it's really bad. He knew why God had showed up. He understood. Remember, he's in a relationship with God. He's intimate with God. God is intimate with him. And he knows why he's here. Pick up at verse 22 of that same chapter, Genesis chapter 18, verse 22. Then the men turned away. There, there were men who were there with Abraham. And it says, then the men turned away from there and went to Sodom. Listen to this. But Abraham still stood before the Lord, and Abraham came near. Stop right there. This is important. This is really stinking cool. The scriptures declare to us in verse 23, it says, Abraham stood still, 22, it says that Abraham stood still in verse 23, and Abraham came near. Abraham came near. We're going to dig into this in a future, a little bit deeper in a future message. But if you want to hear God, you have to do what Abraham did. If you want to hear the voice of God, I'm doing my best to teach you how to hear God. And if you want to learn God's voice, if you want to hear God, then one thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to stop what you're doing and draw near to God. If something is going on in your life right now, sir, ma'am, if something is going on that you're not sure and you need to hear from God, you know what you need to do? You need to stop what you're doing. And you need to listen. You need to get before God. You need to be in God's presence. You need to do that. And in my years of serving God, just about 50 years now, in my years of serving God, sometimes I get a word instantly and sometimes I don't. But at least we need to do what Abraham did. He stopped and he would listen. Remember, prayer, there is two steps to prayer. The first step, I said this last week, the first step is make your request known to God. In other words, you do the talking. But the second side of prayer that we don't do enough of is listening. Tell God what you want him to know, but then you need to stop and listen to God and let God speak to you. Now give the Lord a round of applause on that one. Now here's the, the rest of the story, the biblically recorded conversation between God and Abraham. This is where it gets a little bit funny, and I sort of like this quite a bit. So, verse 23, verse 23, and it says, And Abraham came near and said to God, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Would you do that? Now listen, Abraham knew. Abraham, what the questions that he's going to ask, the conversation he's going to have, Abraham knew the outcome. Is it really 1105? Holy Lord. Part two will be next week, I got a feeling. Anyhow, uh, Abraham knew, Abraham knew that God, he knew God well enough that, that uh, God wouldn't do that, that he wouldn't allow the righteous to die along with those who were unrighteous. Go with me to verses 24 and 25. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? And listen to this. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this. This is this is uh, Abraham speaking to God. Far be it from you to do something like this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Can you imagine talking to God like that? There's a conversation between him and God. Verse 26 of that same chapter, and it says, And the Lord said, God responded, and he said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all of the places for their sakes. Let's continue on. Verse 27. Jumping down to 27. Then Abraham answered and said to him, Indeed now, I, am, I who am but dust and ashes have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five, five less than the 50 righteous. Would you destroy the city 
for the lack of five, God responds. He says, if I find that there are 45, I will not destroy it. Let's go a little bit further. We find in verses 27 through 28. Did I just say that? Let's go to, let's go to 29 through 33. And he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose there were 40, 40 found there. God said, he said, well, I will do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, well, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak, suppose 30. 30 should be found there. So God responded and said, I will, I will do it for the 30 there. And then he said, indeed, now I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were 20. 20 should be found there. And God responded. He said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak uh, but once more, suppose 10. Suppose 10. So the Lord, uh, uh, um, suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way <clears throat> as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. What I'm going to share with you right now is not in the Bible. But this is Randy Chiz talking to you. I do that often with scriptures. And uh, so the scripture is accurate, Randy isn't. But here's what I think may have happened in heaven after this conversation. <clears throat> Again, it's not in the Bible, but here's what I think. God the Father comes back. He comes back from talking with Abraham. <clears throat> and as he comes back, he says to Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit, those two guys, he says, hey guys, did you just hear that? Did you, <laughs> did you, did you just hear that conversation that we just had? Did, did you hear all of that? Wasn't that the coolest thing we've ever heard from anybody out there on planet Earth? Wasn't that really? Abraham knew exactly where he was going when he started the whole conversation. He, the father saying, uh, Abraham knew what, when he started out at 50 that he was going to go all the way down to 10. He knew that. He knew that he was going to do it. And don't you just love it when Abraham said, far be it from you, Lord, to do such a thing as this. I don't know, guys, what you're thinking, but I loved it. I love that when he said that. Then the father would say to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I just love that guy. I just love Abraham. I, I really like him a lot. He's really got life together. He's got our relationship together. He understands. I'm so proud of him. And I am so glad that he's the father of faith for all who are going to believe on us. I really, really like that. Again, the Bible doesn't say that. But I can't imagine for a moment that God of heaven would go back to heaven and not communicate in one way or another the impact that that little conversation the two of them had, how it blessed him as well as how it blessed Isaiah. Listen, you will never, ever have a conversation like that with God if it's only a one-sided conversation when you're meeting with God and you're the talker. You will never have a conversation like that. Listen, it's okay to talk to God. You need to know that. There are a lot of conversations that, within the Bible that God would have with people. But do you know why? Do you know why he would do that? The reason why God would communicate like, he's, like he does is because God not only loves you unconditionally, but he likes you too. He really likes you. He really likes everything about you. He created you. He knows you from the inside out. He knows your DNA, your strengths, your weaknesses. He knows everything about you. And not only does he love you, in, in the midst of our shortcomings, he likes you too. And uh, God wants to talk with you about that. I'm going to skip number three. 
and uh, number two, and I'm going to jump to number three only because of the length of time I've got. So um, one of the things that we know for sure when God speaks to us, he wants to speak to us who are his friends. God wants to speak to us who are his friends. I'll, I'll give you the information that I had before. It was point number two that's really important and really good, but I want to co- conclude with this. We find in Genesis chapter 33, verse 11, it says these words. Let me just read one sentence of that. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. God speaks to his friends. And I just want to say to you today, you must understand. Please, please understand that God wants to be your friend. I know that that sounds almost disrespectful in a way to the God of heaven. But he's the one who's initiated all of this. He's the one that is drawing us so that we would hear his voice, that we would communicate with him and he would communicate with us. God wants that. You need to understand that God wants you to be his friend. Otherwise, the only time you're ever going to communicate God is when you're in trouble or when you're, making a big, uh, when you're making a big decision. And you need to know that God does want to help you when you're in trouble and God wants to help you when you're making a big decision. But more than that, more than that, he wants to speak to you as a friend. He wants to speak to you as a friend. He wants to talk to you every day of your life, every day. You should anticipate when you wake up tomorrow morning, sometime that day, my father is going to speak to me. He's going to speak to you and I. If I could have the worship team, come on out, guys. Unless that clock is wrong. I can't believe it's that late. No, it's that late. We all have friends. And if you would think right now in your mind, who is your best friend? It may be your spouse. It may be a brother or sister a friend at work, wherever. We all have a friend. And I want you to think of that closest friend right now. And listen, I'm telling you something. Not because I want to disrespect your best friend. But I want you to know that Jesus is always and will always be a better friend to you than your best friend. He will always be that. Let me help you gauge how close of a friend God really is or is not in your life right now. Let me, it's a simple illustration. When your phone rings and you answer the phone and the other person on the other side of the phone all of a sudden talks, if it's somebody that you know really well, if it's one of your best, closest friends, you identify that voice immediately. You know who, this is my best friend. I, when when I, I talk to Marianne, not only do I understand her voice, not only does she hear and understand that it's me on the phone, we've been married just about 45 years, but she can even tell if I'm in a good mood or not just by saying hello. What's wrong? What's going on? What bad news do you have today? You know, whatever she would say. That's how smart and full of wit she is. When the phone rings and you hear the voice on the other, fr- other end of the phone and it's your best friend, maybe it is, again, your spouse, a child or a brother or sister or neighbor, whoever it may be, you immediately recognize the voice. Listen to this, please. It's God's will for you to immediately, immediately recognize this voice. It's God's will for you. It's God's will for you that you don't sit back and think, was that God or wasn't it? It's his will that you will be so, such a good friend of his. You will be so close to him that when he speaks to you, you're going to know God just spoke to me. God just showed me. God just spoke to me. God just spoke to me. We're talking about how to hear God's voice. And I'm telling you, it starts, it starts by becoming a good friend, a friend of God. And man, what could happen in your life? What could happen in your life, in your family, in your career? 
in your future, in your eternity, if you would let God become your best friend. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? God of heaven, we love you. I am so humbled. No, let me speak for my church. We are so humbled that you love us that much, God. We don't get it. At least on my end, standing up here at this, on this stage, I have so little to offer you, God. I don't feel I could ever pay you back for all the blessings and all the grace and all of eternity that's set before us, before me. How could I ever pay that back? And God, I know as I say these words that all of that is coming from you. It's who you are. And your desire as the lover of our hearts, as the lover of our souls, of the, as the lover of our being, that God, you want to be in deep relationship with us so that you can be our Father, so that you can meet every need of our lives, that you would direct us in the path that we would go, that we would just commune with you, we would just have relationship with you in a deeper way than ever before. I pray for my church, God, that you would make that happen in every heart and soul. We're gonna sing our last and final worship song here at Word of Life. If I could have our intercessors to please come on down, we would use you right now if you would come quickly. If you have any need whatsoever in your life, whatever need, you don't have to be a member here, it doesn't matter to us, but these people have been praying for the last 45 minutes and they're ready to pray for you right now. Whatever need you may have in your life, just share it with them. Jesus says, if any two people on earth shall agree on any one thing, he will hear and answer that prayer. And that's what we wanna do with you, we wanna pray for you. So if you'd have a need when we begin the song, we want you to do that. If you're here today and you've not yet committed your life to Christ, we wanna encourage you to do that as well. It's a decision that only you can make. He's there. He's done everything he can possibly do to save you, to change your life, to change you and I from the inside out, to be everything that he created us to be. But only you can make that decision to say yes to him or not. So we're going to begin that song in just a moment. I'll close out the service. Would you stand to your feet? Team, if you'd want to go ahead. <laughs>